Welcome to Two Sacks in a Shack. We're your hosts, Gabe and Abe. Sit back, relax, and let's have some fun in the shack. I think we're ready. Hey, hey, what's up? I'm Gabe. I'm Abe. And if you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. If not, we're happy to see you back. Very happy to see you back. We saw a lot of love on our first episode, so... Our prequel. It wasn't even really an yeah. episode. We just kind of... We expected zero views, and we got way more than that. Yeah, so it was insane. You guys are crazy for even watching or listening. Yeah. Just... And we're crazy for even sitting here talking. Yeah. I feel pretty crazy right now. But <laughs> I, I don't because of all the support that we got. So yeah. again, we appreciate everybody out there. Yep. And for those who didn't support you, support us. Excuse me. Thank you. Also, because yeah. we need haters and people who don't support. We need haters as motivators. You just came up with that? I did. Solid. Hashtag. Smooth. Hater motivator. Hashtag. <laughs> Make that shit trend. Haterade. Hashtag motivate haterade. Um, so yeah, we were going to talk about XFL, right? Yeah, it was the first week of the XFL. We're actually on week two now. There was a Thursday night game. I think Seattle lost to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, it was, it's a really cool league. I like it a lot. I think The Rock is, The Rock and Dana White, I think they've, they've, um, Man, they've they've developed a cool a cool program. You know, I know they have partnerships with the CFL, the Canadian Football League, and yeah. the NFL. Um, nothing as far as like an actual official minor league or anything like mm-hmm. that. But you know, they've some of their rules and their policies they that they put in a place are, you know, to work in partnership with the NFL and with the CFL, which I think is really cool. So, um, San Antonio lost. Man, they were up the whole game, and then last minute and a half, St. Louis came back. They scored, I believe. 17 or 18 points and they beat San Antonio in the last minute and a half. So I did see that. I did see that. That made the headlines. It was heartbreaking. Um, Yeah. Right. I mean, being the first game and all, it looked so good. And then there were 25,000 people there. San Antonio had twice as many fans as any other team had for their opening week at the stadium. I feel like San Antonio is going to show up to any game period. Cause like it's San Antonio, right? They just want to go out, see their teams play. They want to drink. They want to have a good time. And they've been craving an NFL team since they built the Alamo Dome. So It's not an NFL team, though. It's not, but it's still an exciting league. It's new. Yeah. There's some cool ideas. There's some cool rules that are in there that, honestly, I wish the NFL would 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 adapt into its league. So let's backpedal a bit. Because mm-hmm. for those who don't know, and I'm going to throw myself in this mix, because to your knowledge, how far has it been since how long has it been since the XFL was established and not even talking about like, Oh, we have the rock and Dana white now collaborating, right. Teaming up to make the XFL great again or great period, because yeah. it's never been great. Right. It's always kind of been like a, Oh, startup. Oh, stopped it. You know? Yeah. So when did the XFL get established? This is the third iteration of the XFL. So I think it started back in the 90s or early 2000s when Vince McMahon created the XFL. And he did it as the Extreme Football League. Basically what he advertised it as was like, uh, remember the Nintendo 64, the Blitz? The Blitz Blitz football? I was so good at that game. Yeah, so basically. I don't know why, for no that, reason. That game was so badass. <laughs> they need to bring that back, man. It's in the arcades. No, I mean like current gen PS5, oh, no, Xbox. No. What, no. What, what Xbox are they on? The Xbox. That one, game was so unrealistic. <laughs> it doesn't need to be realistic. You would tackle awesome. somebody from like 15 yards away. <laughs> Shit's cool though. <laughs> but anyways, so originally that's kind of what it was modeled after. You know, just a brutal, no rules type of football league. Because you know Vince McMahon owning 
you know, WWE, even though WWE is scripted, it's wrestling, it's beating each other up with folding chairs, beating each other up. It's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. And that's what he wanted the XFL to be. So it folded. Um, I don't know exactly how many years it made it the first time around. And then it came back just before COVID. So 2018 or 2019, they went through a full season and they were competing with the AFL or whatever that other football league. It didn't even make it through a full football season. San Antonio had a team there too. And they had a huge response from the San Antonio fan base. But like I said, they didn't even make it a whole season. Anyways, XFL did make it a whole season. And then afterwards, it folded. Um, apparently, Vince McMahon dumped $300 million into it. And COVID kind of killed it. And The Rock bought it in 2021, I want to say. And Dana White bought it in 2021 for $15 million. Jesus. Which is a steal for them, right? That's probably Talk about buying, and, buying in the bottom, bro. That's probably man. pocket change for them, man. I mean, they could just flip it at this point if they yeah. wanted. Yeah, and right? I think... Shit, probably at this point, they might have already. Who knows, you know? Um, so, yeah, first season back, they got Heinz Ward as the head coach for San Antonio. He's an NFL legend. Um, Wade Phillips is the head coach for Houston. He's a really good, you know, well-established head coach from the NFL that coached for the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans. We know who Wade Phillips is. <laughs> I loved Wade Phillips for a little bit. Did, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he the Super Bowl coach? Like, didn't he win the Super Bowl? With no, Cowboys? he was the Tony Romo era head coach. Oh, this was when. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. No, because I know we've we've gone into this, and I'm going to just skip that. Part. Tony Romo is this generation's Dan Marino. I'll leave it at that. You can't. You can't do that. You can't just drop that in there and just <laughs> pretend you didn't say that, bro. You can't he, do that. He is a great quarterback with amazing stats that never had a Super Bowl win. Where am I wrong? I like them in the Corona commercials. <laughs> you like what I did there? With Snoop Dogg? No, but... Was it with Snoop Dogg? Um, no, he did his own standalone Did he do his own standalone? Yeah, he was great in them. Really good. Solid guy. Has a very good, you know, commercial image. But I think we can all agree, and when I say all, like everyone who watches football and listens it listens to it, like the broadcasting, we can all agree that as a broadcaster for the NFL, like the guy's... Top tier. Like oh, yeah. Grade A. Aside from, you know, uh, Dick writing Josh Allen and um, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he is great. I, mean, I think it's, not, it's hard not to dick write Patrick Mahomes right now, especially. I agree. Or Josh Allen, for that matter. I mean, who, what team God. wouldn't want Josh Allen on their team? That guy deserves a Super Bowl win. Oh, he does. Yeah. So does Buffalo because they've never had one. They have. They've lost two. They've never won any. Checking that because I feel like they have won. They've been to the Super Bowl Let's many times. I'm going to pull out. Okay, while you look that up, while you look that up, I know the team that has not won a Super Bowl ever is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's right. They have not so, and the Browns. I was going for Joe Burrow all the way, you know, and I was like, man, I couldn't believe they lost that AFC championship. But anyway, um, I'll let you look that up. Okay, so... Part of the 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl, Buffalo Bills. I know they've lost. To so they've, they've actually had a lot of appearances. Can we can we see how many appearances yeah. they've had? Because I know for a fact. Is this where the Bills Mafia came about? Because they, they haven't. Like, they're, like, really big on the Buffalo Bills, right? 
Yeah, they, they show have, a they, great they, fan base. They're good. Yeah, the big fan base. The whole, but they don't win. They don't the win whole the folding tables thing where they jump Jesus, into the folding yeah. tables. I'd be pissed if we showed up to Super Bowl that many times <laughs> and like didn't win. So they've been to four Super Bowls. Total? Yeah, total. Hmm. In 1991, they lost to Dallas on Cowboys. stupid ads. They lost to the New York Giants. I lied. 20 to 19. 1992, they lost to the Redskins. Oh, they must hate the NFC East. 37, I'm sorry, did, 24. did you mean the uh, Washington football team, sir? No, in 1992, they were the Redskins. Oh, okay. Still appropriate back then. Sorry, I, I, don't, I didn't watch football then, so I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and in 1993, I believe this score is wrong because they've never won a Super Bowl. It says Buffalo 52, Dallas 17. Uh, let me read this real quick. Yeah, Cowboys outmatched Buffalo 52-17. So it's a, yeah. that's an editing error on this. 52-17, man. Yeah, I would go back and watch that game. And in 94, Dallas Cowboys 30, <laughs> Buffalo 13. So all four of Buffalo's Super Bowl appearances have been against the NFC East, and they've lost all four appearances to the Super Bowl. Are they cursed? By the NFC East, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got a team like the Buffalo Bills in today's gen- in today's era, and they're not winning or even showing up to the Super Bowl. I think they're cursed. I don't know, man. I mean, a QB like Josh Allen, and then he has one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, think about it. Both times that they've lost in the divisional round, they've kind of collapsed at the end of the game. I think it's just losing to Patrick Mahomes. They're, they're, <laughs> well, they're this not, time they lost to Joe Burrow. They're not finishing their games. Yeah, they're just not finishing. They lost to the Bengals in the snow. They did. You would have thought that they would have won that game. You would think because it's Buffalo. But the Bengals won and dominated in the snow. That was an interesting yeah. defeat. It was a fun game to watch. Oh, for sure. By the way, sorry for the dog. The neighbor's dog is tripping. I wonder if they can hear the dog. They probably can. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's a pretty loud bark. At least you know we're not inside and we're, we're at in a shack. shack yeah. Where there's... Clearly there's animals around us. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbor's animals. Yeah. So apologize for that. But either way, you know, um, back to the Bills. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think... I think they'll be in Super Bowl contention at some point in Josh Allen's career. So, um, when? Who knows? Uh, I think sometime in the next couple of years, they may beat Cincinnati. They may beat the Chiefs, and they'll make it to the Super Bowl. And I would love for them to play the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl again. God, here you go. Here you go. And for all the <laughs> Cowboys fans out there, I'm just going to say this. Because Gabe, you know, Gabe, I love you, man, but... You say something sometimes, and it's like... Ah, bullshit. I'm the most grounded Cowboys fan. I wasn't going to bring this up, but you just you kept bringing it back up, so I'm going to say it. Say it. What do I'm you going to say? say I'm going to say it. The Dallas Cowboys is... They're a good team, but until they make the necessary adjustments, changes in their coaching staff and in their roster... Which they've started to. They fired their offensive coordinator. Okay. I'll Which Kellen Moore is a huge issue for the offense the second half of the season. I'll give you that. Until they make the necessary changes in which they're 100% in sync, right? And even then, it still may take a couple seasons to get to adapt to those changes, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys won't be great until then. Hmm. I mean, we'll see, man. Um, you know, I think Mike McCarthy can lead them to the Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl in, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. Who won that Prime Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers. That's Prime Aaron Rodgers. Who, the Fact entire the NFL, they won it together. The entire NFL is like salivating over who gets Aaron Rodgers. When this guy's already like one foot out the door, you know, retired. At this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, I'd rather have Dak over Rodgers. 
What's up with that? Prime guy? Aaron Rodgers? No debate. Obviously, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. Who was it that said? I think it was either. I'm gonna get so much hate for this. <laughs> was it Stephen A. that said? Stephen A. Smith that said, "I don't trust Dak Prescott. Like he's not the quarterback you needed." For that game that they lost? Yeah. Was it San Francisco? Well, he's one of many people who said that after the San Francisco game. Yes. I mean, think that... about it. He plays down to the levels of competition. Whether it be San Francisco or it be the fucking Houston Texans or... Poor Texans. The Jaguars, you know? Which Jaguars were respectably decent this year, and they beat the Cowboys. Last minute, which was really odd. Yeah, well, that was the defensive breakdown that they had at the end of the game. Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden looking like an all-star QB. Hey, his, his last half of the season, he finished out strong. Trevor, I, was like, I think Trevor Lawrence has from? a bright future. Even for fantasy, he and was putting it, up points. Like, what the hell? If it's not in Jacksonville, yeah. he's going to go to a team and make them a good team. So, There's so many teams that need a good QB right now. There really are. And um, then who knows where Lamar Jackson's going to go? Oh, man, he's a big one too, right? I mean, he, um, it doesn't seem like Baltimore's going to sign him back, and it seems at this point he kind of wants out, so... Did you did you read about or hear about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, what was that? His he came out of a darkness. That the dark his dark hiatus or whatever. Yeah, he was in a freaking dungeon <laughs> and a queen mattress on the floor. No, and no electronics. No Wi Fi. No, like, smoking peyote or whatever yeah. he was smoking on. <laughs> I'm like, what, bro? What are you like trying to taking acid trips? Come to G- probably, bro. There no. has to been some psychedelics. Oh, no, what he, are you doing? he's admitted that he takes psychedelics. Yeah. So I mean, psychedelics are great. You know, yeah. I've only tried them once. Um, mushrooms but on a hike and it was a good trip it was a really good trip um one thing i noticed and you might you might agree is that i noticed right away was that all any fear or anxiety that i had like just inside me like was completely gone during that during that time right that i was under the psychedelics Mm -hmm. so i could see why they're they're attractive under the right environment and atmosphere um it's something that I would definitely try again if, if you know, the opportunity presents itself in the right yeah. environment. Well, I haven't, nor can I try them. So, <laughs> yeah. but I've heard nothing but good things about them. So, mm. and I'll take your word for Respectable. it. Respectable. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? Uh, what's that term? Um, respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> Sorry, I'm no, so, uh, I'm no Gen Zer. I don't know these terms. So. <laughs> um, so let's let's go let's let's um let's rewind a bit to XFL because we were talking about that. Yeah. Um how how big right now and I and I know it's the first weekend like they just came back. How big is the fan base right now for the XFL? Um I kind of want to look up what what the viewership was like for week 1. I'm actually going to do that right now because I am very interested. Yeah, do you think that and this is just crossed my mind right now because Obviously, The Rock and Dana White are doing their best to not only promote the XFL, but they want to sell these seats, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want empty arenas. So do you think that maybe they're filling a lot of these seats unorganically? Describe unorganically. Like they're basically paying to have those seats filled because they don't want to, they don't want to make it look like, oh, no one's showing up to these games. So... Yes and no, because actually here in San Antonio, they were offering a deal. And this wasn't for the season tickets, but this was for the single game tickets where they were they were um, selling buy one, get one free tickets. So like I said, they only sell the lower bowl. So you pay for a $27 ticket, you get another $27 ticket for free. So you yeah. pay 48 bucks. That's 
poor people right there. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, my math is terrible. $54. <laughs> you pay $54. Public math isn't so good. You know what? I'm usually good at math. but It's okay. We I'm, can edit this and just, you no, got it right no, the first time. We don't need to edit this. I, I, I corrected myself instantly. <laughs> no, so no, no, we don't need to edit We're, I think I'm, we're I, upset. <laughs> I think I'm great at math. Thank you very much. Um, so, man, so these tickets are cheap right now, right? Because, I mean, yeah, you don't want to make them too expensive. And, you know, these aren't the 50-yard line tickets. These are the yeah. ones that are behind the end zones or, you know, that are the nosebleeds of the lower bowls. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're still good seats, but they're not the best seats that you can buy. You know, if you want the 50 yard line, you know, five rows from the sidelines, you're going to be paying a hundred dollars a ticket, $150 a ticket. Which so. honestly is still not bad considering compared to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, compared to NFL, you're not going to get cheap tickets at all. But it's going to be hella packed. Like there's no empty seats. I think right? it'd be in a new league. That's kind of yeah. excessive, you know? No, absolutely. Um, So per game, the average viewership on week one was 1.19 million. So four games, 1.19 million. Let's just do 1.2 so I don't fuck up all my math again. That's 4.8 million <laughs> that viewed the game on games on TV plus the, let's see, 36,000 plus 25. So we're looking at about 60,000 in attendance. Um, so 4.8 million plus 60,000. So over 5 million, you know, week one that, that showed up to watch these games. It's not bad. It's not yeah. bad for, you know, an unofficial league that's not associated with, with the NFL or with any of the big five. Right. You know, so. And that's the thing too, that I feel like there are a lot of people that don't really know, like how the XFL compares to the NFL. Right. Yeah. Like one of the things that we talked about, I know was the three point rule, Mm -hmm. which is really cool that it's not so much like, Oh yeah, kick the extra point and you're good or try to go for a two point conversion. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it is in the NFL here you have the option of getting an extra point, which is not in the form of a kick, mm-hmm. right? Two points, which you have to start from the five-yard goal line. And then the extra three-point, which is... From the 10. Right. From the 10-yard line, which is only an option if you're in the XFL. Yeah. NFL does not offer an option to get a three-point conversion. Which is really cool, because if you think about it, um, you know, the XFL is a lot of the people that were undrafted free agents that were eligible for draft in the NFL that didn't get a chance to make it or people that were on the practice squad and cut or those who were like Ben DiNucci for Seattle Sea Dragons. He's, he was a third string quarterback in Dallas with the Cowboys on their active roster for one or two years. And he ended up getting cut and now he's having another chance in the XFL to prove his worth and maybe get back to the NFL. So, I mean, you know, these these extra point rules are really cool because you could be down 10 or you could be down nine points. Math again. <laughs> you could be down nine points and you can catch up in one drive. You can get nine points in one drive if you really wanted to. Hence that comeback game with yeah, Simon Tony, exactly. Right? So the other thing is, and that's really awesome because I, I know that they're trying to pitch it as like, well, more football time for the fan, mm-hmm. right? Versus like, oh, we're just watching football based on its rules and regulations and watching a lot of time being killed mm-hmm. just to win a game, yeah. which we've seen happen over and over again in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Strategic ways to run the clock. Yeah. Which is not fun to watch. It becomes boring. You're watching your team lose. It's like... If you're down two scores, the whole fourth quarter is a fucking yeah. drag, you know? Yeah. And... The XFL kind of has that college element where anything could happen. You know, you're still down 21, but you can come back in the fourth and win. You know, and that's, that's exciting. It is. It is. It keeps it keeps you engaged, even if it even if it looks like it may be a blowout. It's not. You're only one or two drives behind versus being 
you know, two, three, four drives behind in the NFL and just having the clock run out on you. So it's exciting shit, you know, and it's not the only rule that's exclusive to the XFL. They have other rules too. Um, the onside kick rule is really cool. You know, in the NFL, it has to go 10 yards once it passes it or, you know, somebody on the receiving team has to touch it before the kicking team has a chance to get a shot at the ball. Um, in the XFL, you can do that. You can kick the onside kick, you know, with those same rules, or you can go for a fourth down conversion on a fourth and 15 at your own 25 yard line. So that's really cool because you have an option of how to get the ball back in St. Louis. When they were playing San Antonio on that drive that they're trying to come back, that's what they did. They went for fourth and 15 from their own 25 yard line with a minute and a half left on the clock, you know, after, or not even a minute and a half left on the clock. It was after they scored that first touchdown. So they went for the fourth and 15. They got it. They drove the ball down the field. They scored another touchdown. They went up by, uh, I believe it was 21, 20 and San Antonio got the ball back with six seconds and you know, there's nothing they could do with it. So it's exciting. It, you know, it, it, it affords other opportunities to get the ball back in your hands and to get game winning drives, you know? Yeah. Um, and these, I think these are some rules that the NFL can adapt to just to, you know, add to the excitement of the NFL because there's a lot of people that feel, you know, with all these safety precautions and rules, you know, such as roughing the passer, defensive, rece- defenses, less receiver that, you know, the, 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 the pace of the game is gotten too slow with the nfl and you know it's not it's not exciting anymore and so i think they can implement some of these rules that are still safe they're still safe but it picks up the pace of the game and it allows for more opportunities for these teams to come back yeah i don't i don't think and and this is something that did cross my mind the other day was i don't think that people are assuming that the xfl is going to take away from the nfl However, with the more recent, and we could call them conspiracies, because at the end of the day, there's still conspiracies. The whole talk about the NFL having a script. <laughs> speaking of which, sorry yeah. not to interrupt. No, you're good. But speaking of which, did you see the, the the old Arian Foster interview they brought up with Joe Rogan, where Arian Foster was kind of joking about the whole thing being scripted oh, and yeah, practice yeah, yeah. being scripted. And, and, and the conspiracy theories, they, they took it to yeah. heart, and then they, yeah. they, it blew up on social media. Yeah, that did blow it, it up. It added fuel to the fire there. So. Yeah, I did think there was some irony behind the score being, for the Super Bowl, being 35-38. Yeah, because the over-under was 37-34, wasn't it? 30, 34-37. Yeah. Now the opposite team won, right? Yeah. But just the fact that it was that close, I was like, whoa. Like, And one point what, off. What are the odds of that? <laughs> one point it's off almost like teams. they saw that. Yeah. And they were like, hey, guys, we got to readjust the script because otherwise we're, we're going to blow our cover, right? <laughs> but my previous, to my, back to my previous point was what would happen if there was enough light, if we shed enough light on evidence, some hard evidence that there was an actual, some type of script or controversy, let's just say around the referees, right? Because they, they can pretty much dictate the narrative of the game with, with these plays, right? Mm -hmm. What if we found out that, Hey, NFL's got some kind of a script going on before these games even start. What would that do to the NFL and how would that impact the XFL? Look what happened to the WWE 
in WWF when people found out it was scripted or they finally learned it was scripted, you know, the viewership got a lot smaller. You still have your hardcore fans that go to all the WWE matches and everything, but man, it, it, it really downsized when people found out that it's not real. And the NFL, you know, the hits are real, sure, all that's real, but when it's scripted and there's already a narrative to the whole game and the whole season, you know, and it's already predetermined who's going to win the Super Bowl or at least make it to the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Um, man, that's going to, it's going to, it's going to, people are going to feel betrayed, you know? There's not going to be any team loyalty because the outcomes have already been predetermined. And there's not going to be any league loyalty because, again, the outcomes are predetermined. There's a select few that are determining these outcomes and it's not real. You know, people, obviously players aren't out there actually playing their hearts out to win. They're acting, they're actors, they're paid actors on, on a football field, taking hits instead of having stunt doubles. You know what I mean? So man, it'll, it'll, I think it'll, I think it would cause a big shift, you know, away from the NFL and they would lose a lot of revenue over it. I don't question that the that the hits are not real because I think we can all agree, especially with some of the injuries we've seen. Oh yeah. The most recent one being uh, DeMore Hamlin. Mm-hmm. I know that was not staged. Or oh, yeah, not I mean, all. the guy was resuscitated on the field. Yeah. So if the hits are real, the only thing that can be scripted are some of these plays that the referees officiate. Correct. And the outcomes of the games. I mean, think about it. So they don't have to set a hard score, but they can, they could tell these teams, Hey, you're getting around 37 points. You're getting around 34 points. Don't you keep it in that ballpark? This team is winning. So that gives them the leeway to get these hits. And maybe there's some accidental turnovers and such, you know. And, and, and let me let me rewind and preface this by saying I'm not one of these conspiracy theories. I don't think the NFL is scripted. But hypothetically speaking, right? We're 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 in, we're in we're in la la land right now. Hypothetically speaking, you know, if it is scripted, you know they're 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 throwing out these generic ballpark numbers that they want these two teams in, and they're predetermining who's going to win these these games. And it may not be every game; it may just be the more influential games, right? Like the the the, the garbage teams that are you know three and ten and four and nine who don't have any shot at the playoffs, they might actually let them play, right? Because that, that makes it more inconspicuous to it being scripted. Um, but these major games that are playoff determining, you know, of, of who's going to win a division or who's going to be first seed and get the bye week, who knows? I mean, it, it, it there could be some sort of script or at least some kind of, you know, outline to a game that the teams must abide by. It gives them the freedom to get these hits. It gives them the freedoms to, you know, get these turnovers. But it still dictates the out- outcome of the game. Man, that's crazy to think how far back, if if it, again, staying in La La Land, right? Mm-hmm. How far back would we have to go in the NFL to see, oh, wow, it's been scripted this long, right? Yeah. Has it been scripted since maybe the start of the Tom, Tom Brady era, you know, That's interesting. like was Tom Brady destined to be the a seven time Super Bowl champion? Like, you know, not, not, and again, not taking anything away from Tom Brady. Yeah. The guys, you know, will be going down as the go- the greatest of all time, as yeah. far as QB is concerned. But that question, I think, kind of rings a bell right like yeah. if I don't, there I don't is a script how far back would we have to go 
So we'll leave that for the viewers, right? We'll yeah, leave that for yeah. the listeners. Yeah, we'll leave we'll leave that for y'all to decide on your own because I honestly wouldn't have a clue if it if it did turn out to be scripted. When did this start? Yeah, when know? did this? A lot of people are kind of pointing the finger at the commissioner, Roger Goodell, and that's that's what I would base my decision off of. Yeah, the guy's a little shady. Mm -hmm. He hasn't he I'll hasn't exactly made the right moves to make himself or the NFL look good. Mm -hmm. So that guy, I don't know, man. I mean, they're businessmen, right? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's all about revenue. It's Is all he about... the Vince McMahon in the NFL? Very well could be. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, Only time will tell, you know? Yeah. We're, we're, we're calling out our imperfections. What are you doing? I'm about to like my cigar. Oh, I was like, what are you <laughs> You can, uh, okay. Well, some of us uh, don't smoke here. So uh, we're smoke-free. <laughs> I'm not smoke-free. I know it's not popular with this generation to be smoke-free. However, the thing I love about cigars is you don't inhale them. Does it get into your lungs? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it probably isn't much healthier than cigarettes, but the fact of the matter is I like them, so I'm gonna smoke one. Yeah, no, I mean, do you, boo boo? If that's what you like, yeah. Start right. on that. Let's see if I can maintain that. Suck on that. Yep. Start a fire. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of, you know, these younger generations not smoking. I mean, mm -hmm. isn't it funny how like things change from one generation to the next, right? You know, you you have. Our generation, I grew up, my mom started smoking when she was 15 or 13. I forgot what she said. She said 13 or 15. Um, and it was normal. All her friends smoked. She smoked with her mom. Um, and growing up, I always thought cigarettes were nasty. Because my mom was a smoker and she she always was outside smoking. She'd smoke like a fucking pack a day. You know, so, you know, I think it's okay in moderation. And with these cigars, I smoke them in moderation. But now this generation, you know, they're they're all about the um, what are they called? The jewels or the the e cigarettes? But even even now, well, those vapes, are kind of getting the vapes. Yeah, yeah vapes. But even now, aren't those getting kind of a uh, a bad like a bad rep, or like the Gen Zers and such? Yes and no. I know that. Um, and by the way, I could totally relate to what you just said about growing up with your mom smoking like my mom same thing like i grew up with my mom just smoking when i was a kid even up to up to i was a teenager i remember when i was um i think i was even in third grade the teacher actually asked me if i smoked because you smell like her smoke because i smell like cigarettes mm -hmm. and i didn't know how to respond to that obviously i said no but i told her my mom smokes but she was convinced I smoked cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Mind you, now that I look back at it, I'm like, wow, a teacher really had the audacity to ask a third, third grader to yeah. smoke. So I told my mom that, and she got so pissed, bro. She was like, you tell your teacher <laughs> to mind her damn it. She didn't confront the teacher? She did the whole Kevin Hart skit. Um, but it's funny because instead of her kind of reflecting on like the fact that, hey, mom, did you ever stop and think that because you smoke cigarettes at home, that my entire wardrobe smells like cigarettes like mm -hmm. she didn't go outside like your mom did she mm -hmm. smoked inside oh wow all the time mm -hmm. so everything the furniture the rug the curtains the clothes everything smelled like cigarettes all the time oh. including the car so yeah i mean i grew up right with that mindset that oh cigarettes are gross they're nasty what's ironic is that in my party years when i was in my early 20s i picked up smoking because a lot of people would do it when they would socialize. Mm -hmm. And while I was never big on smoking cigarettes, I 
still jumped on the trend, it was more of a bad habit, right? And I would only do when I would quote unquote socialize. Did you get addicted to the nicotine? Actually, didn't. But and just kind of maybe the way you smoke cigars, I was very careful to never fully inhale a cigarette. Mm -hmm. It was more of like a let me just puff it, you know, like that. Yeah, but I would do that with cigarettes. Now you might think, oh, what a waste, right? But I only did it because it was a habit. More social than, habit. A social habit rather than, oh my God, I need the nicotine, right? So I don't think my body and, and my bloodstream ever really absorbed the nicotine and get addicted, which mm -hmm. is good because I was able to easily stop smoking, right? Um, in today's generation, Gen Z, yeah, they're super big on vapes. Mm -hmm. Like you see it everywhere, right? Um, clubs, bars, you know, anywhere. Walmart. Where they're... Well, yeah. But what's crazy is like, even though vapes have a bad reputation, why do they still smoke vapes, right? Or why do they still vape? Maybe it's a um, peer pressure, um, social anxiety, right? They see other people doing it and they feel like they have to do it. And if they don't do it, then they're worried about not being cool or not fitting in or anything like that. And, you know... That's not exclusive to this generation. Every generation, every teenager has always wanted to fit in with their peers, right? Um, but I feel with this generation and with social media, they have so much more outside influence to do, you know, whatever's cool or whatever's trending, you know, within their peer groups. So it's... It's different in the sense that they have so much influence on social media through TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and everything. And um, not only are they influenced by their friends and their peers, but you see these advertisements for these e-cigarettes, you know. Um, weed isn't so taboo anymore. It's becoming legal in multiple states. And, you know, these things are being advertised in said states. And, you know, their storefronts put up. So it's boom, right there in their face. So there's so, much, so there's so many more outside influences that are coming into, you know, you know, Gen Zers' lives that's speaking to them. Hey, you need to do this to be cool. Hey, you need to do this to remain in your social group. You need to do that if you want, you know, to hang out with the cool kids. So it's, it's definitely a different time now in that sense than it was, you know, with us growing up where we didn't even have cell phones. So, and yeah. there was no social media. Yeah, no. All right, and we're back. Our key light died. I had to yeah. get that adjusted, <clears throat> and I had to relight my cigar because I did terrible with the matches, like I said. First cigar on the Two Sacks and a Shack podcast, so it's, delicious. Uh, Rocky it's acceptable. Patel. Rocky Patel A10. Respectful. Never had it. It's delicious so far. Very smooth. That's what she said. Oh. So, Gen Z. There's so much to talk about, I feel, with Gen Z, but... I was talking to my nephew the other night and we were talking about like how, what's important to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like what, what do you guys listen to? What do you like to, like, what are you guys chasing after? Right. They're in college. They're studious. He doesn't drink particularly. He's, you know, very zoned in on. How old is he? On the books. He's, he just turned 19. Okay. So, so true Gen Z. He's a true Gen Z. 1000%. Yeah. He's a, he's an athletics. Um, and one of the things he said was, well, him and a circle of friends, he said, they are attracted to making it in life. Like, mm -hmm. that's their goal. They're all ambitious like that. When it comes to listening to, let's say, podcasts, for example, they're geared more towards listening to a podcast that talks about business 
Mm-hmm. And again, how to make it in life, right? So one thing that kind of just really popped in my head and I think it's worth talking about is how would, we're millennials, right? Mm-hmm. You're 32, 32. I'm 35. We're born in the, you know, 80s. I was born in 90. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> born around the time the Cowboys almost stopped winning Super Bowls. Anyway. I actually won two more Super Bowls after I was born. Thank you. You weren't, uh, and you weren't old enough to in... enjoy them. <laughs> they also appeared in another and lost, unfortunately. You're still in diapers. Okay. Um, I was just trying to get the reaction. <laughs> the reaction that common to I grew up a Cowboys fan. I, I grew up you. with Troy Aikman, Michael Irving, and Emmett Smith. The trio. Yeah. Respectfully. But, yeah, I'm a diehard, true, lifetime Cowboys fan. Anyways. <laughs> I know, right? We're going to talk about the Cowboys again? Talk about I Tony Romo. I talk about the Cowboys all night, man. Tony Romo's paper record. are the one who got that started, so. Actually, you did, but um, we, could, we could talk about that already. <laughs> um, so, where would what would you do differently, Gabe, if you were a Gen Z today? If you were 18 years, let's just say 18, mm-hmm. right? If you were 18 years old today, with the wisdom, the mindset that you have, with what you know, right? With what you've experienced in life, although call it cheating, right? But let's just play with the idea. How would you live life if you were 18 years old in today's generation with, the, with your current mindset? This is a tough question to answer because these late teens, early 20-year-olds have had to go through a lot the last couple of years with the coronavirus epidemic and everything and, you know, the change of the economy and the standard work schedule, right? People don't go to the office Monday through Friday anymore. Tech has advanced so much. However, now there's so many layoffs in tech, you know, due to the economic situation going on right now. So it's hard. It's it's hard to say what I would do. Um, if I were... Gen Z, if I were 18, 19 years old right now, um, and I would focus, you know, tech is still the future. AI is going to be the future. Um, everything's going autonomous, you know, um, everything's going digital. And I think that's what I would focus on is, you know, whether it be a tech degree or computer science degree or something along those lines, regardless of the layoffs happening with Google and Twitter and Facebook and all that right now, it's still the future, you know, they're not just social media companies. They're also tech companies, right? Facebook is now Meta, and they have, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to get involved in the metaverse. They're trying to do their own, you know, tech related things with their, what is it? The Facebook goggles or whatever it is, you know, so Oculus, Oculus, you know, and it's it, you know like like we like we said last episode man it's still the future tech is the future um metaverse may be in the future there's no telling um but you know when when i was 18 years old i didn't realize how important a degree was i'm a college dropout and i would really focus on getting a degree right now cuz it's really you know important to setting yourself up for success in life um you know, compared to what it was 15, 20 years ago when jobs were more hands-on, were more in office, and there was a lot more blue-collar opportunities out there, you know. Now, like I said, everything's going digital and AI and it's the future, so. So you don't think 
and obviously this is a very broad topic, right? We talk about how college in general, not specific to any degrees, right? College in general can sometimes, in some instances, depending on the degree, be a waste of time. Or not so much a waste of time, but a waste of money. Mm-hmm. It's not free. If college was free. Oh, it's very expensive. Without it, it wouldn't even be part of discussion. If college was free, they're like, why aren't you going to college, bro? Yeah. Why aren't you studying? Like, it's free, right? It's like, oh, get a high school degree, mm-hmm. get a high school diploma. Like, oh, of course. You know, why would you drop out of high school, right? Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. College is not free, right? Mm-hmm. Even though there's financial government aid and whatnot, it's not free at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Most students take out loans just to make it in college, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're indebted for and like- these- these aren't small loans. They're big loans. I mean, we're talking yes. 40, 50, $60,000 plus, and I'm probably underestimating here. An 18 year old should not have a 50 plus thousand dollar loan. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. And then you're coming out of college. Let's say it's a four year degree, right? Four year university. You get your degree, you're happy, business degree, whatever. $50,000 in debt. Making $50,000 like, a year. Making those payments, bro. <laughs> like, we know what those payments look like. Mm-hmm. We know what that interest rate looks like. How am I supposed to afford anything? How am I supposed to afford living, a car, transportation, food, energy? Am I supposed to still live with my parents if that's even an option? And, you know, that's the thing nowadays is that the housing market's insane. Housing prices have gone up across the country. Even in affordable cities, you know, the average home price is $250,000, $300,000 on the low end. You know, places here in Texas, you know, here in San Antonio and in Austin, you know, the average home price in Austin's over five hundred thousand dollars. The average home price here in San Antonio, I think, is around three hundred thousand dollars. You know, it used to be when you get out of college, you get your career, you know, you establish your career, work for a couple years, you have a an affordable apartment, and you save up to put down a down payment on a on a mortgage for a home. Now a down payment, ten percent of a home is fifty grand. You're making fifty thousand dollars a year. You're fifty thousand dollars in debt, and you're supposed to save up enough money to put down twenty percent on a on a low end three hundred thousand dollar home. You know, it's hard. It's hard for Gen Z today, and I think it's more and more commonplace to live with your parents longer than what it used to be. You know, I know when when we were younger, it was frowned upon being twenty one years old living with your parents. And I think with Gen Z, I think that's completely acceptable. You know, as long as you're working towards something and you have some sort of goal, you know, it's a lot harder. It takes a lot longer to get established these days. I agree with what you just said. I think if I was 18 years old, 18 years old in today's generation, if the option was there, I would literally milk that. I would milk living with my mom or my dad or whatever, as shitty as it would be, mm-hmm. to try to build what I'm building, Right. Or chase whatever I'm chasing. And I think if I if if that was the case, I would be probably studying how to code mm-hmm. because I feel like or and and, and or studying um, software engineer, software developer, mm-hmm. because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and not only the money, I hate to make it sound like I'm always chasing the money, but that's where the future is. You mentioned that earlier, right? With mm-hmm. metaverse and where a lot of these big techs are going. Software developers and engineers. And the ones who code, they're the ones that are going to pretty much establish and pave the way for our tech future, mm-hmm. right? For AI, for example. Um, and if you're in the front line of that, oh my God, like you're set for life. Oh yeah. Right? But not only are you set for life, you're going to really enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know that there was a purpose 
behind why you chose to chase that dream and that vision to begin with. When I was 18, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Also, I went to college, took different courses. At one point, I was like, okay, I want to do business. And I was like, no, I want to do, you know, exercise science, kinesiology degree. I studied a lot of that. You know, I studied a lot of degrees half-assed, but I never finished one. And I came to the conclusion that I didn't finish one because I realized two things. One, that I was never going to finish a degree because I knew that's not what I really wanted to do at the end of the day. And then two, I was like, this is getting expensive. I don't see the return investment. I didn't see the vision, you know? Mm -hmm. And because I didn't see the vision, I was like, let me get out before I finish a degree that I'm probably going to come back and be like, damn it, it's paperweight. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to use it. To this day, I don't regret that decision. What I do regret is not focusing more on what could have been when I was younger and building on and working on myself versus partying, mm -hmm. wasting time, right? Spending more time setting yourself up for success. Yes. And, and that's exactly the conversation that I had with my nephew was that today's Gen Z, maybe not all of them, but the ones that are serious about their college education, they're trying to make it in life. Mm -hmm. Who's trying to make it in life at the age of 18? Like, what kind of mindset do you have to have? The mind isn't fully developed at the age of 18. You're not You're not a fully mature adult, so it's difficult. It's difficult for an 18-year-old to be expected to set yourself up for success. And it is even more difficult to actually set yourself up for success, you know? But the common denominator in all of this for Gen Z is, and I think this is where they might have figured it out, because of the amount of exposure to education, knowledge, and whatnot that they have today versus what we did not, they have YouTube, social media, right? They're mm -hmm. learning from billionaires like Elon Musk, and they're like, I want to be like that. What does it take for me to be that one, mm -hmm. right? I don't recall looking up to anybody like that when I was that age. Not only that, I also didn't have access or I didn't, I wasn't fully engaged into the social media spectrum because it was still kind of starting off. I think when I was 18, MySpace was barely taking off. It was still mm -hmm. kind of a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't where it was today. I don't even think we had YouTube. You know, I don't I don't recall. YouTube had... started in 08. So yeah, so it was probably been... right after I graduated. Yeah, it was right around when I graduated. Um but it was very, very green. I... Oh yeah. And yeah. I think it was great that they that today they have all these resources. They have these free resources such as YouTube and Facebook and everything but at the same time they have more challenges in the same sense that anybody can put any sort of bullshit on youtube on facebook on tiktok oh my god tiktok man there's so many how to do this and then it's just fucking nonsense that they put on there you know and people believe that shit they eat that shit up you know there's some great resources out there and i'm sure there are great resources on tiktok there's some great resources on youtube but at the same time you have to be careful what you're absorbing because there's also a lot of bullshit out there. And that's just another challenge that Gen Z today has to has to endure because they have to decipher what what's what's the real good advice versus what's the bullshit that I'm being fed, you know? And that's something else that they have to face that we didn't have to face growing up. We didn't, no. And honestly, like for me, I mean, and I, regrets, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I wasted a lot of my, not only my teenage years, but my early 20s or just my 20s in general. I wasted a lot of time and a lot of time partying and not 
learning and developing and building myself, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't really start getting serious with all that until my late 20s, going yeah. into my 30s. Because I was like, hey, what are you going to do, bro? Like, get your shit together, yeah. right? What's it going to be? Because you've wasted a lot of time already, mm -hmm. right? A whole decade has gone by. What have you accomplished? Not that I didn't accomplish anything, but I was not proud of anything I had accomplished. Yeah. You know? When I looked around and I stopped and smelled the roses or whatever, I was like, whoa. Like, I missed out mm -hmm. on a whole generation of things I could have accomplished, right? Yeah. The things you could have been at the forefront yeah. of. I, I mean, I could have learned way more about business, stocks, you know, finance, the economy, economics in general. I didn't start learning that until like my later years. Mm -hmm. And sadly, while it's not too late because you're never too old, right? To learn. You're never, it's never too late. You know, we got our whole lives ahead of us, hopefully. But you're right. Gen Z does have, in my opinion, more opportunity with the resources that we have available. They have more opportunity to not only learn at a faster rate, but to absorb more, mm -hmm. right? And to adapt a lot quicker and to apply themselves in environments that are more dedicated for them mm -hmm. and what they want to do in life, right? The power of networking is real in today's generation. It's very Back then, very it was important. so hard to network. Now it's like you literally have it at the palm of your hands. Mm -hmm. You can meet people that actually change the course of your life, you know, through right networking. place, right time. Yeah, exactly. Right place, right time and sprinkle a little bit of luck and you can be set, you know? Yeah. Salt Bay. <laughs> no, but, um, well, that guy blew up too. <laughs> speaking of fucking from cutting one steak and cutting a fucking steak, putting man. salt. All you know, that guy owns, um, don't quote me. He's got to have out at least five. I know he has more than five, but it's global. Mm -hmm. He owns five steakhouses. Yeah, they're like they're all called sopping. Fucking expensive steakhouses. Oh yeah, dude, such a big piece of shit too. I know we're getting a little off topic here, but did you see? No, him it's fucking, good. It's good. Do you see him steal the fucking World Cup trophy and hoist it up like it was his own? Oh, I did not see that. He's dude. Turkish, right? I know he's Turkish. I, I don't know his background. I think he's Turkish. I, yeah. I, I, I think he's European or Eurasian or something like that. But yeah, Turkish. yeah, possibly. You might know more about him than I do. But yeah, he fucking I used to follow him. He took the fucking World Cup trophy and hoisted it up. Like it was his own. Like the arrogance of that fucking guy, man. Yeah, yeah, that guy. And I will say this. I don't understand why he blew up the way he did. I understand why his video went viral. I understand that much. But He took advantage of it. But he, man, he rode that all the way in. He wouldn't have had the opportunity to make those restaurants had, no. he, not, had he not gone viral. And the, the biggest thing that he has done to be successful, aside from opening these restaurants, is he's built his image and he's been consistent with his image, right? He turned his image into a brand. Yes. He branded his image. He branded his fucking Salt Bay thing. I, I probably look stupid doing this, but. Yeah, you do. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care. He branded this, you know? I think it's and, uh, like this, not like this. You're doing like the the hooves, the, the horse hoof. I'm not, I'm it's not a little, you got to do that. the sprinkle, man. You got to uh, do the sprinkle. No. I, I like this. Sprinkle with it. No, like, that's not it. Like chicken pick. <laughs> that is something else. Chef's kiss. I'm doing the, the chef's chef kiss. kiss. That's what that's I'm doing. Backwards, bro. You're doing the. I'm doing something, doing bro. Something, I'm creating bro. my own fucking image right now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but you're right. He kept the sunglasses on. He kept the same white V-neck on, you know. And then you got guys like DJ Khaled posting him on his story, like, "Oh yeah, Sape, 
another one you know it's like <laughs> bro this guy's literally just coming up to you and i saw this one it was i think it was a meme or a, or a parody video they made on him i think snl did a skit on him and um he comes out and he's just smacking the meat and <laughs> and two people are just having dinner right and the guy's like recording it and the girl's like what are you doing and he's like gosh shut up it's salty it's salty he's just like recording him right and then the guy does a thing with like he does a thing with the salt yeah and then she's like, what the hell? I said no salt. <laughs> but he's just there being like an, and he's not, not one word, bro. He's just there like a mime, right? Just like sprinkling salt, smack, yeah. spanking the meat. Like, and again, that falls back on networking, man. He, he, he went viral. He networked. He hooked up with a lot of famous people and he rode that wave. He turned, he turned, he turned, you know, that video into an image. He turned that image into a brand. He networked. He Fucking was with Cristiano Ronaldo at the World Cup, and that's why he even had the opportunity to fucking hoist up the. Who let that guy in? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is he on the guest list? Like, look, yeah, no shit, man. Let this guy in. Yeah, but getting back to you know Gen Z and how to set yourself up to be successful, man. Um, how many of them are trying to go viral on social media? They're they're looking at social media as their future. If if you know how how many how many how many do you think actually that are that are trying to do this like how many of them actually think that that's a realistic a realistic outcome you know realistic a lot of them think that for Mm -hmm. sure um the ones that are trying like legitimately trying to go viral or just to make it like we talked about this on the last episode i think more than you know but i think a lot of them too it's 50 50 right like if my nephew for example he's not wasting time with that he doesn't have time for that he yeah. tells me what his routine looks like what his schedule looks like and he's like he's like Theo, like there's just no time for any of this sort of stuff mm-hmm. and he's being real with me which i appreciate mm-hmm. because it's like i can't relate to that i don't know what it was like to be that buried in just homework or studying and yeah. athletics and try to juggle both right it's like y'all you barely even have time to like have a relationship it's or difficult, man. be on the internet over here like lollygagging and making videos if you're gen z and you're making videos today that's the path you've chosen mm-hmm. not saying you're not doing anything else on the side but there's no way you're over here studying for a four-year degree or you know studying to be an engineer or whatever doctor lawyer etc and you're like oh yeah i'm also making videos on the side like I want this to blow up. Like if you're doing it in moderation, I yeah. think I think I think that's it's it's realistic. But a moderation is not gonna is not gonna get you viral. It's, it's not gonna get you. It's you not go. gonna make you go viral, and it's not gonna blow up. It's not gonna grow your social media account where you want to grow. To, right. Mm-hmm. The question was, how many of Gen Z are actually trying to legitimately go viral? They know one. It's not gonna. T- it's gonna take more than one video because you still have to post after that. You can't just post that one video, go viral, right? Mm-hmm. And then be like, there it is, I made it. Yeah. No, you have to. F- literally like feed off of that and be like yeah this is me this is who i am let me just keep posting content it's like us like like when you said you know you're partying in your early 20s and 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 not focusing on studies or or you know spending time learning about economics and all that you know that's that's their version these days of doing that they're trying to make it on social media yeah even though there's 10 million other people trying to make it on social media you know it's i wonder if the number's bigger than that it probably is it's probably a lot bigger than that but it's such a huge distraction. It's it's a really big distraction. Not only is it a distraction, it's addicting. It's psychologically addicting. <clears throat> you know, these social media platforms and it's overall to you know, overall and this is just generalizing Gen Z, but it's detrimental to their to their, you know, their success and their careers. Some are gonna make it. Some will get famous, some will make money, yeah, sure. But 
that's less than 1%, man. You know, that's the cream of the crop. I still think it's, it's about 1%. And then just throwing a 1% as a top 1% will come close to making it or making a name for themselves on social media. But I think that there's also like, and I don't know how to say this or if I'm saying this the right way, but I think that there's a bubble with certain things or categories that we have on social media. And one of them being, I'm going to use this one as the example. One of them being fitness. Mm -hmm. I do believe that there is a fitness bubble with uh, social media. I think that there's a lot of teenagers or even Gen Z mm -hmm. for that matter that are trying their best to just post fitness content because they want to grow their social media. They want to be like an influencer. Mm -hmm. They want to make money through sponsorships, et cetera, or their own brand. Mm -hmm. Right. Or they all, they all want to be an online coach, which everybody and their mother is nowadays. Yeah. You just have to look like you work out and then put online coach. Sounds somewhat legitimate. Yeah. Or just compete once, even yeah. if you didn't place. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I have pictures on stage. Mm -hmm. I'm an online coach. And, and the thing is, like, when you look at it from hindsight, it's like, if we look at the fitness influencers of today or the ones that are, like, the biggest names, right? Mm -hmm. Let's I mean, look at what it took for them to get there. They didn't start posting on social media. Because they were like, oh, one day I want to be like the be most popular bodybuilder in the world. Perfect example, Chris Bumstead. Mm -hmm. He didn't start posting on social media to become C-Bum and have the massive platform that he has today. He has an amazing global outreach. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most popular bodybuilders today. Everyone knows who this guy is. He is a four-time Olympia champion. He chased after that. That was his dream. That was in his vision. Mm -hmm. The byproduct of that was you're now the most popular bodybuilder on social media mm -hmm. and everyone wants to be like you. Therefore, you have all these followers. He didn't go chasing the social media. He went following his actual dream of wanting to be successful in the fitness industry and wanting to improve himself in that way versus chasing the followers and chasing the likes and chasing the views. Which is why a lot of them won't make it and why I think it's a bubble because once they're going to, they're all going to hit a wall. Mm -hmm. All of them are going to hit a wall, right? They're going to be like, eventually they're going to see like, okay, I've been doing this for like two, three years, whatever. My account hasn't grown anymore. Like I still want to work out. I still love fitness, right? Mm -hmm. I still love bodybuilding. I still love competing, but I'm just going to back off of like posting so much because it's not, it's not giving me the return investment or it's not, it's not growing my account or making me go viral the way I thought it would. Yeah. Right. And I think that's going to happen as a domino effect, right? We're not, we're going to see a lot of people fall off of that fitness bubble, right? As of right now, it's still kind of like imploding and we're seeing everybody jump on it and still post content, which is good. Cause I mean, you could post workout videos, not hard to post workout videos, mm -hmm. right? But I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see the fitness bubble pop and we're only going to see the real OG fitness quote-unquote influencers right well the, the and the popular thing in the fitness at least at least okay in the fitness industry as far as social media goes right is this toxic thing of calling people out or of of shaming others in the gym or of attacking others being in the gym you know um what's his name is it, is it joey him. joey Gaines uh, or joey swole joey swole man he does he does so good of calling these people out that are mm. Calling people out that yeah. are just trying to improve themselves inside of the gym. And these other people yeah, are trying guy. to gain views and followers 
based off of calling out these people because mm-hmm. they're too fat and they shouldn't be in the gym or, you know, this guy is flexing in the mirror and somebody walks behind him and he gets pissed off and looks behind him, you know? It, yeah. And I think that, <laughs> I think that's this, this, this culture, this toxic culture of shaming others is part of the, part of the bubble, you know, the fitness bubble that's, that's going to pop. You're not wrong. And I've, I've, it's so annoying, bro. Like you have no idea. Like, and, and I'm not even going to point the finger at like, I like women because men are doing it too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing it right. Mm-hmm. Where they use other people in the gym for their videos. And it's like, don't use other people's like reactions or just them in the background mm-hmm. to like at the expense of making your own content. Yeah. If you're going to record yourself doing a 405 or 500 bench press, whatever. Okay, bro, do it. Cool. Like we liked it. Good form. We're going to be in the comments, right? Yeah. Okay, but you gotta be like, oh yeah, look at this guy in the back. He thought I was, he thought I wasn't gonna, I thought I wasn't gonna rep it, and it was my warm up weight. And it's like, yeah. dude, or he, I was filming like, a video and he was in the background, yeah. ruining my video. Or like know? somebody walked in front, right? At when a public fucking gym, man. You know, and it's like, dude, like you're not at the point, you're not at the level where you could be like calling people out. First off, and you're not at your own private fitness. It's studio. like commercial gym, bro. Like. Sorry, like get the fuck over yourself. You're getting in. You're you? getting in someone's way, yeah. and, I, and I'm seeing it more and more now. And it's it's it is a little annoying because most gyms nowadays, most commercial gyms nowadays, are super packed. Mm-hmm. I go to Gold's gyms, Gold's gym in Austin, never not packed. So do I want to see somebody pull up with their tripod and their camera and take up like all this space? Absolutely not. Right, because not only are they going to lift, they're going to be busy recording. That takes more time. Yeah, and it takes up the machines for longer. Exactly you know, for the people that are actually are just trying to fucking. Yeah, work and then out. you feel awkward. You don't want to walk in front of the camera, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. It's like, oh, okay. Even though we... you you shouldn't you shouldn't because yeah, it's a space for everybody. It's not a space for this person. And that's the thing that themselves. that Joey Swole's really good at preaching. Right, is that this space is for everyone, and we need to welcome everyone. Mm-hmm. Right, because there's a lot of people that don't step foot in the gym because they're afraid. Or because they're just insecure or because they don't want to be around all this toxic, this toxic environment, right? That some of us have created. Mm -hmm. So we need to go back to that positive culture where you can go to the gym, right? And it doesn't feel like you're being judged or it doesn't feel like someone's recording you because you just looked over at them for like two seconds, Mm -hmm. right? Like you shouldn't feel that way. You should just feel like, ah, like I'm here to work out. I'm here to look good and feel good and one day at a time, right? Like what happened to those days? Yeah. Is this is this is this a Gen Z trait? I, I feel like most of these videos that I see are from young nineteen, twenty something year olds in the gym that are here calling out these other people that are just trying to work out, you know? Is that sense of entitlement or that sense of you know, um that sense of God damn it! That sense of, <laughs> you know, just trying to get attention seeking, is 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 that a, a trait of Gen Z? Because you know, is, is is that a byproduct of how they grew up? You know, with cell phones and with social media, that that sense of entitlement, that sense of needing attention. I don't think it is Gen Z, and I and, and I'm, <laughs> I don't want to say it is because. It, it, it would be it would be very distasteful to kind of point the finger at an entire generation mm-hmm. for doing stuff like that. I just think it is a handful of, of a group of people, both men and women, who have decided that if it's a trend, I'm jumping on it, regardless mm-hmm. 
of the consequences or regardless of how it makes anybody feel. Yeah. I think that there's this notion going on in social media that it's like, if you don't like what you see, you could just unfollow or keep scrolling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're contributing to a cause. And this yeah. cause has become toxic. And guess what? I myself am one of the biggest advocates for convincing people that, hey, you should go to the gym and here's why. But imagine me trying to talk to somebody about the top reasons, health reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Why they should go to the gym. And then they're like, well, yeah, but then I'm going to run into all this. And, and they start showing me videos like on TikTok or Instagram. It's like, look, look at all the stuff that they do to people and look how they shame you and, and body shame it's you. turning and, people and then, away that. And then like, is this what you, is this what you see at the gym? You yeah. know, people like, I don't know how to work out. Like, are they going to judge me or record me if I'm doing an exercise wrong? Like, and it's like, wow, those are legitimate insecurities, you yeah. know? And I mean, I've been lifting, you know, consistently for over five years, but yeah, if I was a beginner, I would be probably frightened to step foot in a gym if I saw what I see today on social media. I agree. And as somebody who's taken shit, man, like a year hiatus from going to the gym regularly, you know, I've seen that shift in culture and I've seen everybody's got to have their camera. If, you, if, if you're not recording it, you didn't actually go to the gym. And I'm not intimidated. I'm not frightened, you know, but. I can see exactly how it could be discouraging to, you know, new gym goers that are actually trying to improve themselves because, you know, these people are here for a legitimate reason and these others are just here for attention, you know, and it's tough. It's tough. It's toxic. It's it needs to stop, man. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of people need to start going to the gym, go in there, do your thing, get your work done and get out. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying don't record your videos because I'm also a big advocate of like, hey, sometimes for me, that's like, that's motivation. Yeah, or tracking your progress. Yeah, I track my, and that's a big one too. I look back at some of these videos I posted, let's say on Instagram, and I love that it stays archived regardless if I delete it or not. It stays mm -hmm. archived um, in my stories and in my posts. And I, I'm like, wow, like that was like two, three years ago. Look how far I've come, right? But that's for me. Yeah. That's not for like me to put in anyone's face and be like, ha, look what, what are you doing? You know, yeah, or you're not, like, or you haven't attention. done anything like, you know, like, no, like, if you're going to go in there, do your thing. Like if you want someone to record your workout, yeah, ask politely, Hey, do you mind, you know, recording me or spotting me? There is a, there is a way to ask someone to spot you or just to, you know, record you or just do something for you to help you in the gym. And we need to do more of that. We need to, we need to be there for each other more in the gym mm -hmm. and, and not scared of like getting in someone's way or, or, or being upset because someone got in your way. Right. Or like, oh, someone's doing a workout completely wrong and you decide to record them. Like, we got to stop that. That's all toxic. And we got to, we got to, got to make the gym great again, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the Arnold days, bro. The, yeah. Arnold, the, com the camaraderie that they had in Arnold's Everybody generation. Everybody was there to lift each other up. Man. And you would see it too. They'd go like, hey, pat you on the back. Everyone's all Back happy. before cell phones and back before yeah. social media. There was media. no recording. Yeah. And if there was, they probably hired a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is another, this is, this, this goes back to outside influences that Gen Z faces today, social media, these toxic traits, these thoughts, these, these, these toxic, you know, trends <clears throat> and it affects, you know, this, this younger generation because they see that they think that it's okay to act this way. They think it's okay to do these things. And it's really not. And, you know, it's really others just being bad role models and setting, setting bad examples for these younger generations that may just not know better, you know? 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy how far we've come, not only with fitness, but in the fitness industry, but how far we've come with like influencers and the content that we see. It's like, and I don't know who's coming up with this stuff, but I I'm convinced that the biggest culprit is social media and the algorithms that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know we talked about this also in the first episode, but I do believe if, if not for these algorithms, we wouldn't see this content mm-hmm. be viral. It would, it would be at the bottom of the barrel, yeah. you know, and it's not. I agree. Um, so switching topics, who, who did you look up to the most when you were Gen Z, when you were 18 or did you look up to anybody? Like, I feel like in today's Gen Z like era, some of the biggest names to look up to and i'm gonna throw this one out there this guy gets a lot of hate for no reason in my opinion but elon musk mm-hmm. man when i was that age i didn't know of elon musk i mean he existed um he, he did all right he was he was he was rich already back then yeah. uh sorry um <laughs> honestly i think a lot of people in our generation looked up to the people who raised us whether that be your mother or your father your grandparents, your aunts or uncles, you know, me personally being a a rebellious teenager, I I rebelled against my dad, but, you know, being a teen parent and having a child on my own, you know, at 17 and that changed my life. And I looked up to my dad, um, the popular figures that I looked up to back then, again, there wasn't social media, there wasn't trends, there wasn't viral videos. It was my space. Um, were athletes you know i wanted to play football i wanted to play baseball growing up my biggest idol was jeff bagwell ken griffey michael jordan um in my teen years my biggest influences or my biggest my biggest inspirations were (laughs) tony romo (laughs) you can't hear it but i'm nodding my head No, I, mean, I never wanted to be a quarterback. I'm just saying that. I just wanted to piss you off. But... <laughs> I don't get <catch>, bro. <laughs> okay, Mr. Giants fan. Oh, don't even. Though. You know, yours was Eli Manning. <laughs> you know, the fact that that guy was never a top 10 QB, but he has two rings. I mean. Did he carry the team or was he carried by the team? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, honestly. They had a really good defense. They had a fucking then. great team when he was uh when oh, he Tim was, in his early was such years. a great fucking coach, man. Ever since and I don't want to go deep into this because we're talking about a different thing, but ever since Tom Coughlin left the Giants, that was it. That was tip. game over. And we all knew that. Tom mm-hmm. Coughlin was very special in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um so I do kind of want to talk about Elon Musk only because if I was 18 years old today, I feel like he would be for me like the most like the biggest idol, right? Somebody that would influence me the most. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's kind of like the Tony Stark of our generation. Um, a very vocal Tony Stark. Avenger Tony Stark. Yeah, I know, right? Well, through Twitter, he's vocal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he owns Twitter. He's a troll. <laughs> I mean, the guy owns Twitter. But you know what? I mean, I maybe you can give me the other side of that perspective because I don't understand why there's a lot of hate. And maybe, maybe it just comes with territory. Mm-hmm. What particularly does he do that people just hate him? They're like, oh, Elon Musk, blah, blah. Like, really upset. Like, just bashing the guy. Like, he hasn't helped the world in any way, shape, or form, you know? 
a lot of it has to do with his political views and how how public he is with those, man. I feel like, and I'm a very apolitical person, and this isn't a political podcast whatsoever, but I feel like anybody that throws their political beliefs out there leaves themselves prone to being criticized and to be hated based on their beliefs, you know? Um, whether you're left, right, or center, even. Um, I feel that if somebody's political beliefs don't align with yours, people are very close-minded and they get insultive towards those that have different views in them. You know, people don't take in different perspectives. People don't take in different views and take those into consideration if they go against their beliefs. And, you know, it's funny because both sides preach that the other side is very close-minded and that they're, you know, the right calls the left snowflakes and the left calls the right racists and, you know, bigoted and everything. But it's so hypocritical because both sides are doing it, you know, all sides are doing it. I think every, I think, I think the, the popular way to act now is to hate on anybody who doesn't share the same beliefs of you. And not only do you see it, you know, in society here in in America, not only do you see it in, in social media, you see it on the world stage, right? With different countries. Every country has their own political views, but, you know, a lot of countries don't get along with each other because of their political views. Nobody's open-minded to things anymore. Um, and it's a shame because I think, you know, as different as somebody else may be, as far as their opinions go from you, and the way that you align, I think there's something you can take and learn from anybody and everybody, you know, and people don't do that. They just are so quick to be dismissive and insultive towards those that don't share the same views as them. That was deep. Got a tear. I see the eye. little tear. <laughs> if you're not watching, uh, Gabe did not use eye drops, but he legitimately has a tear. And Very my cigar is out, so I can't blame all the smoke. Emotional. Maybe the whiskey's hitting him. <laughs> um, I need to cut it out. I was like, the question was, why do people hate Elon Musk? He went on the deep end there. <laughs> but that's that's why they hate him. He's very opinionated. So, okay, you're right, though. He is opinionated, but maybe maybe you just hit the nail on the head there because he's arguably one of the most opinionated, successful billionaires mm -hmm. in today's generation. And actually, to even put icing on that cake, one of the most opinionated, richest man in the world, mm -hmm. right? And it's cool to hate rich people. That's that's another thing with thank you society. Today. I was gonna say that next. If you're rich, you're selfish, you're self centered, you're closed minded. What do you know? You don't do anything for anybody. You don't know what it is to be poor for your own yeah. gain. And that may be true to you know to an extent. However. Just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you owe shit to anybody, you know? Yeah. I'm a middle-class individual, you know, with a little bit of disposable income, but I don't own, I don't owe anything to anybody. You know, I don't have very much disposable income. I have my own family to take care of. Exactly. We all know? do. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and these, these rich, influential people, yeah, do they need all the money that they have? No. Would it, would some of the extra money that they're never going to use you know, serve the country, serve the world good. You know, there's people starving in Africa. Yeah, sure it would. And a lot of times, shoot, almost all the time, 
a lot of these rich people do have foundations and charities that they do give hundreds of thousands, if not millions to, and people see it as a way of them evading taxes. And that's part of the benefit of having these charities is, yeah, you get tax breaks. You really do. And you can't say that, you know, rich people don't help people out because they do. And at the same time, they don't have to. They don't owe anything to anybody. And, you know, not every rich person is self-made, but those that are, you know, those that did come from nothing, why should they help anybody else when they weren't helped when they had nothing? Speaking of rich helping the poor, are the real heroes, YouTubers, wealthy or successful YouTubers that give away money to random people? My problem with that is they film it. They put it out there for more views to make more money. Right. They give money to make money. Right? But, okay, double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. Because it's almost like they wouldn't do it organically without the clout or the attention. But from a strategic standpoint, YouTube pays the YouTuber mm -hmm. or the content creator. Mm -hmm. The content creator says, I'm going to turn around and give this money to somebody who needs it. Mm -hmm. I agree. But, but I'm going to post it so YouTube can keep paying me. And you can get more money. I actually, at one point, I was on your side with that. But now that I look at it from hindsight, and I'm going to use Mr. Beast as an example. Mm -hmm. The guy's very likable. That's what I was thinking in my mind. Yeah, he's very likable. A lot of YouTubers do this, but I think they might have taken it from him. Mm -hmm. But when you look at how much money they've given away, in their entire like YouTube career versus how much you've actually generated from YouTube, you start to look and you're like, whoa, this guy's actually not keeping most of it to himself. Yeah. He's giving it away. Yeah. Now, whether or not there's loopholes or for tax purposes or whatnot, we'll put that aside for now. But the fact of the matter is that he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. He doesn't have to give his money or his wealth away. And yeah, while he does film it, he's done it in very in you know very innovative and creative ways. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it would be very hypocritical for, of me not to agree based off what I just said, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you but, changed your mind. It's not too late. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't change my mind. I, you know, when I did say that they that they do film these for views, I, I, I do realize that, yeah, they do it to keep giving things away. But at the same time, I mean... You know, you're doing it for the more views. It, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. It is. You know, I see both sides of things. Um, People will be dissatisfied regardless, right? Yeah. But the... Like, it's hard to be a good human being if you're a good human being who's successful and wealthy. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I'm going to find something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Well, There's something wrong with what you're doing. This is... You're not entirely good. This is the ultimate fact of the matter. I'll, I'll, I'll close my thoughts with this. Okay. Um, Again... They don't owe shit to anybody. They don't have to be giving anything Thank away. You. And even if they are doing it for views, they don't have to be doing that. And yet they still are. Mm -hmm. So whether you like it or not that they're doing it for the views, whether you like it or not that they're getting more income from what they're giving away, they're still helping somebody out. You know what I mean? And they can still do what they want with their money. Agreed 1000%. Like, Mr. Beast, along with other YouTubers or any influencer who decides to give their money away to somebody random, or even if it's selected, doesn't matter. Like, they don't have to do that. You're mm -hmm. right. Like, they 
they could be selfish, keep it to themselves, keep making their own content, keep mm-hmm. getting paid. It's like, I actually like that. The philanthropy side mm-hmm. of social media, I actually, that's one of my goals is to one day be wealthy enough to where I myself can be a philanthropist mm-hmm. on social media, right? I love that. I love that. And I think that's something that if we did that more of, think about that for a minute. If YouTube is the richest, is the wealthiest platform that pays its content creators, and there's more and more content creators that are giving away their revenue, right? What they gain on YouTube to their viewers or to random people, doesn't matter. Then isn't that, isn't that essentially YouTube paying the people? It is. Yeah. Because it's, it's coming from the same place. Yeah. It's it's a fountain, right? It just Yeah. It it, it falls it falls down it, you know, it falls down the layers. It it yeah. trickles trickles down, trickles all the way down to the to the people that benefit from it that need it the most, you know. Um you know, where where would these you know, these 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 rich influential YouTubers be? without YouTube and all the people that they benefited, you know, from, you know, the charities and the donations and the money that they've given away, where would everybody be? I think overall, you know, overall, it's a very good thing. You know, it's, it's okay for companies to make money. It's okay for people to be rich and people are benefiting and are you know, are being, some people even are being saved, you know, through, you know, YouTube and through these, um, these influencers, you know? Yeah. So it's, in it, it, looking at the big picture overall, it's okay for these companies to make money. It's okay for people to be rich because in one way or another, there's a lot of people that are benefiting that wouldn't otherwise be benefiting from it. But it's not okay for people to be poor. <laughs> you say it's okay to, for companies to be rich and people to be rich. It's not okay for people to be Being rich. poor is a crime. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap from the shack. Yeah. <laughs> Let it roll off the tongue. <laughs> Well, guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in with us once again. Um, we hope y'all enjoyed the show. Uh, we're still really new at this. We're still trying to get a hold of things, and <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut Gabe off from the whiskey and the cigars because <laughs> yeah, he had a little too much fun in this one. <laughs> Always have fun with you, Abe. Whoa, whoa. Okay, this is where we're gonna cut off. Okay, guys. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, thank you so much uh, again. Like, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. All the major podcast google platforms. and we are on iHeartRadio, by the way yeah i mean i don't think anybody is on there but if you happen to be there are and uh there's another one it starts with an s i forgot what the fuck it's called all Thank major <laughs> podcasting streaming platforms we're on we're on seven of them i know that um we're not on google yet by the way um hmm. I, I i submitted to google for some reason our episodes aren't up google what the fuck are you doing man come on Anyway, don't say that because they're going to cut us off. <laughs> I don't care. We're what are y'all can- doing? We're going to get canceled. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Follow us. All of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We post all our shorts and our snippets. All our major podcasting streaming platforms, we post the entire episode. So if you want some snippets, catch us on the social medias. 
you like what you see on the snippets, pick us up on the major platforms. Yeah. All right, guys. See you next time. All right. See, see you. Later.